Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Robert Yeager and the Tao Foundation. This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. So many parts of Connecticut have rich industrial histories, like New Britain, known as the hardware city. Coming up, we'll meet a local artist who pays homage to the past through his mixed media paintings and sculptures on view now at the New Britain Museum of American Art. We'll introduce you to artist Paul Baylock. That's just ahead. But first... I grew up in Connecticut. When I say that, they say, when I say, small state west of Rhode Island, mass of the north, and New York is beside it. A place where there's country roads Here we pick apples in the fall Believe it or not, we got four seasons Snow in the spring for no good reason I was just a kid Reminiscing about the little things I did How I used to ride the horse At the carousel over at Bushnell Park Watch the greatest show on earth At the Civic Center Before it was the XLG Fox was down the street I remember Siege Allen And now it's Capital Community You can love it or leave it But it's a state that I believe it I'm proud to say that I'm Connecticut born And Connecticut bred. You can love it or leave it But it's a state that I believe it I'm proud to say that I'm Connecticut born And Connecticut bred. That catchy song is called Connecticut Anthem by professional singer Nikita Waller. She's a Connecticut native. She lives in Middletown, and on August 1st, she became the state's 17th troubadour. Nikita is here to tell us about her and, of course, sing on Where We Live. Nikita, welcome to the show. Thank you. Woo! It's hard for me to not move while I'm listening to that song. It's so catchy, and it captures a lot uh, of sentiment for those of us who live and love living in this state, including you. Yes, it does. It takes me back to my childhood. Uh, my parents, um, I, I wrote that based off of my upbringing and how they used to entertain me when I was a little toddler. So uh, we hung out at Bushnell Park in Hartford. Uh, there was the Barnum Bailey Circus. And uh, I remember going to Sage Allen and G. Fox, just looking around and, and window shopping and looking at those things. And it is actually Capital Community College over there. So these are these are real life things that I actually see evolve. And I've been here long enough to express that. I mentioned that you became state troubadour August 1st. Congratulations. Ooh, thank you. <laughs> I'm not from Connecticut. I grew up in Pennsylvania. But uh, since living here for 11 years now, I've heard uh, through the years that there is a role, an honorary role of the troubadour. Tell us um, what that means for you to be uh, named in this this position. So uh, being uh, the 17th Connecticut State Troubadour, it uh, gives me a platform where I can uh, express myself through music for as much as I love the music and the arts um, to go out. And my platform, what I would like to do is try to reach out to children um, who are like myself and and, and others to let them know that um, you too can take a gamble. And as long as you keep trying, doors may close, but um, that one door will open and it will change uh, your life and other people's too. So that's what I'm going for. And just um, just trying to sing as much and make people feel good through this feel-good music that I do sing. When did you uh, first hear about this position as Troubadour and what made you apply? Um, 
heard about it. We heard about it in uh, about January, uh, myself and uh, Jess. And um, we said, uh, you know, you never know what may come of it. Um, I thought it was exciting. I had the Connecticut song already in my head. I knew that um, there were songs that you needed to to create a song. I knew that I was a Connecticut native. Um, I just didn't think that I would even get the chance because I knew that it was folk folk music. And I'm like, uh, I don't know if they would do it, you know, and. You know, she definitely, um, I got to say, uh, Jessica Hill definitely pushed the envelope and was like, you got to try to write your story. Some other people need to hear about it. And so um, she she and my mom um, pushed the envelope. And then um, I said, OK, we'll go ahead and try to do it. And I, I wrote about it. And um, whoa, <laughs> that's all I can say. This between um, God's ears and, and the blessings, this, this fell upon me. And I'm just so grateful for the opportunity. I just I'm still just walking on waves. Mm-hmm. How would you describe your style? Are you a soul singer, R&B, pop, a mix of, of many different genres? I would say that I'm definitely a mix. Um, I would say that um, I would say I'm a soul singer. And I say that I'm a soul singer because um, I try to sing from my soul to connect to someone else's soul. Um, that, that's kind of like where I go from. Um, I try to make sure that the music that I sing is relatable. Um, that it's a story that I can tell or just see through somebody else's eyes. So that I would say I would just say a soul singer. You mentioned uh, many of the troubadours have been folk singers. Uh, so uh, when you applied, did you think that it was going to be a long shot or this was the time to try something new for the state? I thought it was going to be a long shot. I just I just was I, I mean, it was just um, something different, something new. And it was new for me. Um, and, and folk is, is great. I mean, they, they have a lot of story. They do a lot of storytelling. Um, they, they play the guitar, and they're very instrumentation, instrumental. And um, I just knew that I didn't know whether my voice would be strong enough to, to be there where they are. So, I mean, now I feel like um, we, we can do things together between the folk and the soul music and just create something on a whole different level. So I'm just so grateful to be a part of that hopefully the, the folk scene because they I, I got to tell you that um, Kate Callahan and, and, and um, uh, Ms. Graves have really welcomed me with open arms was saying you know hey um, let's get on board let's meet let's talk so I'm just grateful to be a part of that that scene and Kate was the previous troubadour yes yes Ms. Kate was mm-hmm. tell us more about Connecticut Anthem uh, I mentioned that it's very catchy and it's a positive message when did you first write it um, I would say maybe about five years ago. Um, it, I kind of um, tweaked it, and it started coming back, um, actually reinventing itself because of my father's passing. Um, he was going through his um, his illness, and I said, you know what? What other way could I um, like share this uh, to the universe? And with my father passing, it just that was like the most thing that I could connect to with with bringing his memory and keeping his memory alive. So I think that's kind of like what really brought everything up to forefront. Did he have a chance to, to hear you uh, sing? He did. Anthem? He did. He did. Um, And he just chuckled and laughed because he was like, oh, we did. We did do that, huh? So, yes, he did. Tell us more about your upbringing, Nikita. Uh, I mentioned that you were born and raised in Connecticut. Is that right? Right. My um, parents um, are from Alabama. I have southern roots. 
So um, you'll always hear me say, yes, ma'am, miss, hey, y'all, how y'all doing? I, I usually uh, greet people with big hugs and kisses, and sometimes I got to watch myself. But um, I'm just trying to bring that Southern stuff up to Connecticut, and I think it's happening. Um, and um, I'm definitely family-oriented. I have a uh, big little brother. He's my little brother, but I call him big because he's a little bit taller than me. And I have um, my nephew. My nephew, he's uh, about six years old. And then I have um, a strong foundation of sisterhood uh, surrounded by me um, that keep me in line because sometimes we definitely um, need women to straighten up crowns um, because sometimes the crowns fall off. So I have that network that's supporting me as well, and I'm I'm just grateful for all uh, the women and and then you know the other people also the men that's out there too that's helping me out too. So I just I'm grateful. Uh, tell me more, Nikita, about how your parents uh, helped uh, encourage you uh, towards uh, music. When did they first uh, recognize that you that you had a passion for this? I understand uh, you and your mom are very close, and uh, do you remember some of those childhood memories? Oh of- my goodness, some of those childhood memories. Um, I would say going back to daycare center when um, I would come home or be in the daycare, I think I remade over a a nursery rhyme called Peanut Butter and Jelly. So the kids would go and and sing it, and my teacher was happy, and she'd come and tell tell my mom, your daughter's doing something different in class. So um, stuff like that. And then um, I remember auditioning in third grade for a play. Um, I think it was for Black History. And my third grade teacher said, "Um, you need to go to the front. And my mother said, she do? And then I think um, at that time, she was like, okay, so now I'm going to take you on a whirlwind. Let's do some talent shows. Let's do some beauty pageants. So my mom, she had me in in all kinds of little curly dresses and and all kinds of little crazy things. I I don't even want to get into (laughs) being on that horse. Uh, do you remember uh, the first album that you purchased? Who who were you listening to as a child? Okay, so the first, one of the very first albums, um, I remember going to Strawberries um, in Bloomfield and Record Express. My mom used to take me there on a Friday, and we used to go pick out albums. But one of the one of the uh, albums I totally remember is going to the uh, record store in Bloomfield and picking up Madonna album. It was a like a black gray gray white album and she had this cool hair and I think it was Borderline or Lucky Star and I just was like getting my Madonna on and I was like this girl is cool so I go home and try to play those records so I believe Madonna was my first album too Uh-oh. when I was a kid but it was it was True Blue <laughs> oh okay True Blue baby I love you okay I remember that song I, and I think it's that. her birthday today so. oh how about that okay universe I hear you <laughs> in the studio with me is Nikita Waller. She's Connecticut's 17th state troubadour. This is an honorary uh, position that uh, the state bestows on musicians, uh, ambassadors of music and culture. We're here learning about Nikita. She takes on uh, this role uh, just starting uh, August 1st, uh, just, just a couple of weeks. It's been, has your phone been ringing off the hook? Oh man, emails! I'm oh man, emails have been going like crazy. I'm trying to trying to just stay on top of that stuff because it's important to to uh, just stay communicated and just, you know, just keep going. You got to keep pushing through. Mm -hmm. Timing is everything. That's what I'm learning. Follow up, follow up, follow up. We're going to hear you sing in just a couple of minutes, but I I did want to let our listeners know that your first stage debut was at the Apollo Theater. It was. Tell us about that. How did you get there? Um, So uh, the person that uh, helped me get there was Alfonso McGriff. He had a teen talent show at Weaver High School uh, in the 90s, and I was the youngest contestant at the time. And um, I won my first 
$1,000 in the 90s. That's a big number, huge. I mean, they gave me this huge check, and my mom was uh, was getting ready to have my brother, so she was on the stage, and she was just like, <laughs> Eric was inside of her, and she just ran and was like, oh, my God, we won $1,000. And I think uh, I took my, my father was there, and um, from there, we took a bus to uh, Apollo Theater. We actually had a group of us, probably like about 50 of us, went to Apollo Apollo Theater. And at that time, Steve Harvey was the host. He had actually uh, a high-top fade. Everything was so different <laughs> in the 90s. Oh, my gosh. And um, I had on this white dress, and I was um, a little skinny something. And my knees were knocking, and I just did not want to go out there because this is New York. So it's just a lot more fear. And um, I rubbed the log, and I think I tried to bail out uh, Where Do Broken Hearts Go mm-hmm. by Whitney Houston. And the crowd, I think they gave me a little love because I was a kid. It's good to be a kid to go to Apollo because they're going to give you that love even if you crack a little bit. Um, but um, I went back a few times and um, placed maybe like second or third. But um, rather than that, it didn't go anywhere. I did get a recording of it. Um, but um, it was it was a good time. It was a good time. Uh, many of us also remember listening to Whitney uh, mm. growing up. Uh, how has your style changed? My style has changed. Well, I that was the one person that my mother made sure that I listened to a lot of Whitney Houston records. She's like, you, if there's somebody that you need to uh, try to mimic, you need to uh, go from the Orange album, because Whitney had the Orange album where she didn't have any hair. And um, that was, like, one of the best albums. And then you you go back and you reminisce about, like, how Clive Davis found her. So she's like, this is what you need to do. My style has changed because I've I've gotten to be exposed to different other kinds of music. So um, between singing with different bands like um, Anthony Harrington, Jeff Pitchell, uh, Kevin Barry, just being exposed to all the that different music, learning blues and going to heart school of music and classical music, I've, I've been able to evolve and bring all that music into what I do to the stage. And then also just um, being exposed to theater. Oh, my goodness. Um, I think that layer, too, has, I try to bring that acting element um, to to my, my stage performance. So I think all of that has helped me. Well, I don't want to tease our listeners anymore. You've uh, kindly agreed to sing for us. I know it's early in the morning. I think the song is uh, called Best Shot. Tell us a little bit about the song before you begin. Best Shot was inspired by um, one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Um, Her name is Fiona Catherine. Um, I met Fiona um, at a talent talent competition um, that I lost. Um, what's so special about Fiona is because when I lost it, she cried out and screamed like, what are you guys doing? Ah! <laughs> and um, when she did that, I I kindly had to walk off the stage and she was like, ah! and it was just her and her dad. And I said, Fiona, it's OK. It's OK. You can't win them all. And she's like, but that's not fair. And um, I voted. And so um, we talked, and she showed me where she voted at and put her one vote in the cast of her ballot. And uh, we talked, and she brought me back into a very humble place because that we just began a, a great sisterhood between her and myself. Um, and that's, that's how Best Shot, because from there on, um, or, or just help me, like, wherever I go, I have to always give it my best shot because you never know who's actually listening to you. Again, this is a Connecticut 17th State Troubadour, Nikita Waller, here on Where We Live. And we're going to hear her now singing Best Shot.
never been second guessed Denied of a second chance The wheels of the bus go round Cause someone's trying to hold you down How did this come to be? People just hating on me I'm in a different place Cause I wanna go for miles this way Said I would lose I'm winning again All I ever know is to give it all I got Many shows and many empty rooms Many nights that I didn't get through Where did I find the strength To keep it going all the way to the end I met some good people along the way And I know that I wanted to stay Now everybody has a story Fiona Catherine wants to know me They're counting me out. Yeah. It's to give it all I got. My time to shine. My season. This is the reason I could never give up on what I believe in. Oh, oh, oh. I'm winning it again. I took my best shot, I gave it all I got, said I would lose, I'm winning, I'm winning, you're winning, all I ever know is to give it all you got, give it all you got, you're winning again. Counting me out. I'm winning, I'm winning. Ooh, oh, oh, oh. Give it for you, God. That's Nikita Waller singing her song, Best Shot Here on Where We Live. That's a beautiful song, Nikita. Oh, thank you. That's eight. <laughs> what time is that time? What time is that voice? 924 voices. Yikes. We think that we think you did a great job. I know I couldn't sing like that this early. I do want to take I want to take a caller now. Celestia Uh-oh. is calling from Plainville. Celestia, oh, go no. ahead. Oh, good morning. Oh, hi, Nikita. Hi, go, Lucy. Good morning. Good morning, Miss Celeste. <laughs> I'm so glad that I was listening to the news and I heard Nikita Waller. I go, what? Oh, I've got a call. I have to congratulate her. Tell you how proud I am of you. Oh, thank you so much, Miss Celeste. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm glad I prayed for you. I'm glad that you are successful and are you happy. 
Are you happy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm retired. I'm happy. Oh, yeah. You got a whole lot of happy. I'm working on that kind of happy. <laughs> Thank you for for calling in. So you must be used to uh, hearing from people throughout uh, your upbringing in Connecticut that have seen um, your success as a professional singer, now as state troubadour. That must be a really a positive feeling that it leaves you. It does. It, is, it gives me um, good energy and you know, I try to keep the good vibes going and flowing. I, I, I try to make sure that um wherever I leave my mark, that is a it's a good one. Again, Nikita Waller is in studio with us here on Where We Live. Uh, I'm Lucy Nalpathancher. We're going to hear more about Nikita, the uh, way she uh, writes her songs, and what she hopes to accomplish uh, in her three-year term as our state troubadour. I just wanted to play a little bit of a recorded song as we go to break. This is uh, Nikita singing Bring Your Heart. Someone did ask me about my want and need for love So I told them I'll get to it Cause the beat of love keeps playing in my ears It's like an ocean of love This beat of love just keeps on playing in my ears This melody of love keeps flowing Here's my bit of love you only get from me To get more, you need to love So bring your heart to it Do everything you do with love Bring your heart to it Do everything you do This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalbethanchel. Did you know Connecticut has a statute that recognizes the importance of music and culture? Every couple of years, a musician is chosen to be the honorary state troubadour. And this year, Nikita Waller was chosen. She's in studio with me to talk about her new role and sing for us as well. You can join our conversation, 860-275-7266. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. Nikita, we're getting a tweet from a listener, Mary, um, who is listening to Best Shot, Nikita Waller. Thanks for making my morning fly with that Connecticut troubadour crown. Oh, thank you. Ah. We heard one of your original songs. Can you t- walk us through your songwriting process? Uh, how do you do it? So um, I work with a, uh, quite a, a wide variety of producers. Uh, we go back and forth, and they um, are kind enough to send me music tracks. So um, it's usually if I feel something or I'm like I'm connected to it, I, I try to get a feeling of what the song is trying to uh uh, portray. So um, with that Best Shot song, I already knew in mind where it was actually going to lead me to. So it, it put me in that kind of spirit to talk about Fiona. So I'll write based off of the track. And then once I write the track, the melody comes. Um, but usually I try to think of the subject uh, first before I know what I'm writing about. And then the the, the lyrics come and, and try to figure out what I'm going to write about. Mm. 
Oh, I mentioned that the Troubadour is uh, uh, an ambassador uh, for music, and you're going to uh, travel around the state and, and uh, meet and uh, especially sing uh, for our residents, including children. But how would you characterize the music and art scene in Connecticut? Uh, so often um, people are critical because we're in between Boston and New York, and L- you know we're not in L.A., and I'm just curious what your thoughts are. I think uh, our art scene is pretty hip. I think we are um, growing. I know that the the theaters, the theater uh, is definitely growing. I think um, I love that you can go to uh, New Haven to to Long Wharf to go see um, a play, or Seven Angels in Waterbury, or even to the Opera House in uh, Broadbrook or Thomason House. So um, we have those those theaters that are keeping um, theater alive. And then um, as far as like the 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 music, I think we have places like Real Art Waves. You know, that keep you can go there for music. And then, um, thank goodness, we have little places downtown, too. You know, you have the uh, places like the Russell um, where you can go and listen to to live music, too. So I think we are we're definitely coming into our own. If you want to start something, you actually can. Do you get tired of all the hating on Connecticut? Well, um, it definitely happens. I mean, I think you got to just try to break through it. I mean, I think if you go south, you're going to get the same type, type, you know. So it really depends on who you are as an artist and what you draw, um, what people draw from you. Um, being from Connecticut is not um, – it can be kind of tough because we're not uh, mainstream. So I think you got to find a way to actually become mainstream, and I think that's – I think that's happening because now you have someone like myself that's connected with the folk folk music and doing those things together is going to take it to a whole nother uh, wave. What did it mean for you uh, to be the first African-American solo artist named to to become State Troubadour? Oh, it's heavy. It's definitely, it's definitely heavy. Um, it just mean that... Um, change is definitely coming and 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 it has with um with my face being a part part of this um i know that um you know the world is in a different place right now and with um things like this or events uh like the Connecticut State Troubadour happening it it gives people a little um ray of hope uh some shine that um if we keep pushing for change change does actually happen um that um positive sentiment is highlighted in that Connecticut anthem that you wrote, the the line, you can love it or leave it, but it's a state I believe in. Oh, why, yes. why did you stay here? Well, um, I have a lot of family here. So my parents raised me here. Um, I know that it's a good family-oriented place. I know that if you, um, you can, you can still win. You can get an education, um, you can get a college degree, and you can make it, but you can also not have a degree. And, and still find a, a, a trade and still become successful. So I think um, Connecticut is big on that and giving um, everyone opportunities where we can succeed. If you, you network and you put yourself in front of the right people, and you, but you have to be a go-getter. So I think that's what, what makes me stay. Nikita Waller is here with us in studio here on Where We Live today. You can join our conversation, 860-275-7266. She's the 17th state troubadour, and uh, she just began her, I think, is it a three-year term? It is a three-year term. Yikes. <laughs> so many things are going to um, are, are, are happening, so that that's really good. So she began it on August 1st, and uh, that's why we're having, listening to Nikita and hearing a little bit of her story today. Uh, Tina's actually calling from Hartford. Tina, go ahead. Nikita, good morning. It's Tina Pasola. I just wanted to say how good it is to hear your voice, and best congratulations, sweetheart. 
Take oh. good care. Oh, love you to pieces. Love you to pieces, Miss Tina. Take good care. Have a happy heart, honey. Love you. Bye. Bye. Oh, that's one of my one of my mentors from University of Hartford. Um, so she kind of watched me grow into this this woman with singing in my academics. So um, definitely love her. Got to keep her on the team. <laughs> it's interesting that you mentioned mentors. Obviously, your parents uh, played a big role in your upbringing and shaped who you are. But walk us through a little bit more about. Um, how you were encouraged as a young person or how you think uh, other children uh, should be encouraged. Uh, what are some ways that parents and educators can really bring forth a child's passion uh, when you know they first start to show some, some interest? So um, I think one of the things that my parents, uh, both my parents, that they kept me active. I, I I couldn't be chasing boys. I gotta, I gotta tell you, they they kept me around a lot of music and uh, they kept me entertained with um, doing things as far as like being in gospel choirs, um, finding uh, acting workshops, uh, just uh, running around with family and and doing, uh, you know, making new dramas with with my little cousins and then coming out performing dance routines at the end of the night with everybody. So I think one way of keeping kids active and engaged is finding them. Uh, mentors like finding finding other um workshops or or getting help after school or you know being able to go to the programs like uh, the heart school of music and seeing if there's someone else that do what your kid loves to do and then getting that extra help so they can try to um embrace it and love it and it become bigger so they can be the best that they can be as state troubadour um how will you engage with uh, Connecticut's young people so uh, what I would like to do is go into some of the classrooms, and I would love to hear some of the songs that they are inspired to write. Um, one, one, of, one of the ways that I would like to, to see what their songwriting is, bringing some of the music that they listen to today on the radio and having them rewrite it from their point of view. Um, that way they'll be able to communicate with each other. So you may have someone that want to write about I don't know, a big brother through uh, possibly a Bruno Mars song. But then you may have someone that knows um, a, a Justin Timberlake song and taking those those different kind of worlds or those different kind of sounds and seeing what those little babies write to it. So I think that's kind of one way that I'm thinking about going forward and breaking, bringing change. Uh, you've been singing it professionally for more than a decade now? Yes, for a very long time. <laughs> when you think about all the times that you're traveling around and you know you're, uh, the onus is on you to, to book and have good relationships with different venues, what could the state of Connecticut do better to help uh, aspiring artists? Well, I think this platform, um, they, they, I mean, they've already, they've already begun to do that. I think um I think they are pushing for change. They're allowing us all to work together um to do anything better. I think they're providing opportunities with the Connecticut Office of Arts with with Ms. Bonnie what she's doing is bringing the arts together from from different platforms. I would say um more workshops and I I think uh Yup Network is doing that. Uh so I I think we we pretty much are in the in the right lane of moving forward with the arts. I think we I think we're doing what we can do pushing through. Uh, there's been a long line of other state troubadours. Explain, you mentioned one of them, Kate Callahan, but describe, um, have you been talking with more of them? And how are, is, there, is it kind of like a close-knit family? Are they offering you, up you advice on the next three years? Uh, I, they, some of them have emailed me, um, and I think that uh, eventually we're going to get to the table, and, and I think we're going to break bread and figure out what we want to do 
collectively. And um, I'm just grateful that they that they even thought enough well about me to even say, hey, we're proud of you. You're, you're, you're part of us, you know, because they didn't have to do that. But they, they actually did. So I'm just grateful that they woke. They all pretty much have been welcoming me with open arms. Nikita Waller again is here on Where We Live, uh, the the new uh, state troubadour uh, just uh, appointed uh, uh, to the position uh, August 1st for a three-year term. What do you do when you're not singing? When I'm not singing, I'm I'm hanging out with my nephew, Caden. Um, he is um, the light. He is the glue um, of our, our family. And um, I'm I'm spending time with him, with, with teaching him how to do his math. He's telling me to uh, count one to 100. <laughs> so we're, we're doing things like that. So um, and, and I love to cook. Um, I love I'm a foodie. Any any of my friends can call me and say, where can I get the cheese, the best cheese or I know where to get the gooey. So if you want to call me and you want to FB me, I can find I can lead you to the gooey. <laughs> you also have been doing theater. Tell us about that. Theater. Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, theater has definitely um, changed and reshaped um, my life. I was able to play Motormouth Mabel at the Thomaston Opera House. Um, so that was a very that was my very first time at um, being a supporting lead role. And then most recently, um, I, I became Dolores Van Cartier, uh, which is Sister Act, uh, out in Broadbrook, Connecticut, under the direction of um, uh, a director named Ms. Cheryl. So um, it, oh man, acting is a whole nother beast. So you, when you do that, you kind of got to pick and choose which one you do. It's a lot, a lot of memorization, a lot of discipline, a lot of focus, a lot of obedience, and um I, I they had to tell me a few times, Nikita, don't break the stage because they know that um, I'm the type of person that if a, lo- a lot of people catch me, I'll fall. So I'll do the fallback thing, you know, when you put your hands in the air and fall back. And in and, and theater, you can't do that. You kind of got to stay on the stage. <laughs> so um, I, I like theater. So we're we're trying to figure out where I fall into place with that. You mentioned earlier uh, that your father passed away in March, and we're sorry again to hear of his passing. I'm curious how music helps you personally, whether it's through uh, the grieving process, whether it's through, um, you know, just your everyday and and setting goals. I mean, I'm just curious if you could talk more about that. So um, it definitely helps me every day. I know with the um, grieving process, it does because there are certain songs that remind me of him. So I know he loved Aretha Franklin. So whenever I sing songs like Chain of Fools, he would be the type of person that would get on the dance floor and start dancing and say, that's my baby right there. Come on, dance with me. So he was definitely um, um, helpful in, in, in helping me sing more more Aretha tunes. Mm-hmm. And then with just every day, there's certain songs that I need to listen to, um, whether it's a gospel song. So so amazing by Richard D- Ricky Dillard, you know, um, there's songs that help me kick off my day. Uh, it might be a, a Taylor Swift song like Shake It Off, Shake It Off, because sometimes I need to shake things off. And then I'm in the car talking to myself, shake it off, shake it off. Do you sing in the car, Lucy? Do you sing in the car? You won't tell me about it. I, huh? I do sometimes. You do? Are you by yourself or are you singing with the baby? I'm definitely by myself. Okay, okay, okay. I'm just curious if I'm alone with doing that. <laughs> I don't want to. Um, so you mentioned Miss Aretha. We're going to hear you uh, sing a cover of, of one of her uh, amazing songs, "Natural Woman." And uh, unfortunately, she is in hospice. When you hear about these icons uh, and uh, the uh, what they have contributed uh, to our lives, I mean, what does that mean to you when you sing a song like that? Well, you hope to 
live as long as people like Aretha did to make the changes that they made uh, in, in, in everyone's life. I mean, you have a singer that has um, sang during civil rights. You have someone that, that has just sang for everyone. Um, the, Ken- the, the Kennedy Awards, I mean, she has definitely um, sang for every everyone. So you just, it, it, it gives you chills. And you don't want to see them leave. That's the most um, hardest part. I think for me, like, I know everyone's gathering prayers. It's just like you just don't even want to you don't want to go through the process because it's just too it's too it's too hard to even watch. Um, we got a Facebook comment from another listener who Uh-oh. says that they love you and they'll be checking you out on the Windsor Town Green this evening. Tell us about some of the upcoming shows you have, Nikita. So Windsor Town Green is tonight. Um, that's my my high school uh, over there. So um, we're going to get get the party started at 630. So if you're there in Windsor uh, uh, over near Geisler's, that's the grocery store in town, the local grocery store. Um, I'll be there. My first um, CT Troubadour uh, appearance, my coming out, my Diana Ross moment, is August 22nd. I'll be singing the national anthem um, at the Connecticut Open and the women's luncheon. Uh, I'll be in Torrington. Uh, I'll be co-hosting um, the Northwest Idol. That's another home away from home, Torrington, Connecticut, for me. And then September 20th, I am doing a Connecticut Cares Luncheon for Children in Placement out at the, let me think about it because these things are tongue-tied. So at the Marriott downtown, so you guys know where the new Marriott is. <laughs> and the big one, um, there's two other big ones. September 22nd, I'll be at Connecticut Day at the Big E. Wow, that's that's huge for me. And then uh, September 29th, I'll be uh, working doing uh, the Connecticut Brain Tumor Alliance, a path of 5K in Fairfield, Connecticut. We're going to link to your website so our listeners uh, can make sure they can uh, look up uh, where you'll be performing. Um, but I really want to say it's been a pleasure to speak with you, Nikita, to hear you sing. Um, it's obvious that you have a, um, a great talent and a big heart. You can tell that when they when we, we hear you speak. And I think we're going to go out with, uh, again, we're going to hear you sing Natural Woman. Are you ready? I think so. Let's see what kind of voice it is. Looking out of the morning rain I used to feel so tired And when I knew I had to face another day Oh, it made me feel uninspired Before the day I met you, life was so unkind, but you're the key to my peace of mind, cause you make me feel, you make me feel, you make me feel like a natural woman, when my soul was in the lost and found You came along And you claimed it I didn't know What was wrong with me To your kids Help me name it Now I'm no longer doubtful Know what I'm living for And if I make you happy, I don't need to do no more. Cause you.
natural woman. Oh, baby, what you've done to me. You make me feel so good inside. And I just want to be close to you. Nikita Waller, Connecticut's 17th state troubadour. This is where we live. Hey, I want to talk to you about a little state on the East Coast. Some of us call it the nutmeg state. Listen, I grew up in Connecticut. This is where we live. I'm Lucy Nalbethanchel. So many parts of Connecticut have rich industrial histories, like New Britain, known as the hardware city. Paul Baylock is a local artist who pays homage to the past through his mixed-media paintings and sculptures on view now at the New Britain Museum of American Art. Paul is here with us now to tell us about uh, his work. Uh, Paul, welcome to where we live. Hi, thanks. Thanks for having me. I understand that you were born and raised in New Britain. Tell us about your upbringing. Yeah, I was actually born in Hartford, but then immediately we moved to New Britain and uh, yeah, I'm a, from a family of 10 and um, I was the second born and mom mom was Irish American, dad was Lithuanian American and I had a really nice pre-social um, um, media growing up, <laughs> um, doing a lot of hiking around the area and um, spending a lot of time downtown going to the many theaters that we used to have. and uh, What did New Britain look like uh, back in the 50s and 60s? I mentioned there was a lot more industry then. Oh, yes. Well, I'm from the east side, which was more of the uh, kind of, I, I think, the grittier side of town. And uh, we had factories everywhere. And um, they were like um, actually shoulder height, the windows. You could look in and see the people working. That's where you could look in because some of the windows had that um, – a film on it to keep out the sun and some of the glare and that kind of inspired me for some of my pieces that are in the show right now um and uh yeah it was just great there was lots of stores there was a Woolworth there was a Jupiter and um skating almost free skating on the Arch Street roller skating um, and um it just had a great time a lot of music and stuff going on your father worked in the factory? <clears throat> yes, he was a white-collar worker, and he worked there for quite a number of years before he became a teacher. Um, and uh, he used to bring me home blueprints uh, that they didn't use anymore, and uh, I used to draw on the back of those. And um, he was also kind of a do-it-yourself, very called himself a jack-of-all-trades. And he used to also cut up like two-by-fours and stuff and make sandboxes for us and uh, make bicycles for us from scavenged parts. So, uh, you know... Mom was doing her part and dad was doing his part. So would you say that uh, he inspired um, the, some of the art that you're doing today and the way he tinkered? And Yes, and I, I do recall when I was very young, um, probably 
like what kind of kindergarten? I remember him drawing a tractor for me, like the, the treads and the wheels on the tractor. And to this day, I still remember that. Uh, you mentioned that you were a teacher, so you just retired recently? In 2012, I did 38. Congratulations. Thank you. I did 38 years teaching art in New Britain, mm-hmm. and the last 25 were at the New Britain High School. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those students, those alumni are also artists. A lot of them are my Facebook friends, and I'm keeping track of their uh, accomplishments, and I'm very proud of them. So it was a really, really good gig. I mentioned that uh, your work is now um, on view at the New Britain Museum of American Art. You are president of the Art League of New Britain. So talk about the collaboration uh, between you and this museum. Oh, I think it feeds, everything feeds off everything. And um, there's this, uh, uh, they were great to work with. Um, Min Jung Kim, the new director, um, right away when I met her when she first came here, uh, approached me about how she could help how she, with New Britain, how she could be, be, uh, have the museum become part of, uh, you know, the, the growth of New Britain. And I think my exhibit is a result of that. Uh, I think the thing that brought on the, the, the catalyst that brought the exhibit on was the, the, the demolition of the Stanley Works landmark recently. And so that the whole question of uh, New Britain's past came mm-hmm. back to the forefront. And, um, and as far as the Art League is concerned, we're, we're kind of like a related because we both had the same early director, Sanford B. Lowe. And uh, I just feed off the great artists that come out of the Art League and uh, just the, their inspiration, and I uh, participate in shows there as well. Oh, so because we're on radio, <laughs> if you could explain uh, to our listeners some of the works that they'll see when they see this exhibition, and again, how you uh, bring up uh, New Britain's past in uh, the works you're doing today. Okay, I don't have to sing it, do I? Okay. <laughs> Um, yes. Um, well, you'll see uh, a, a variety of works that go back from 2008, and um, they are uh, acrylic on on plywood for the most part. They are uh, usually um, um, sanded, and there's there's stencils. You'll see um, stencils from computer images like um, meat grinders, which are made in Britain, um, electric stove coils. Um, you'll see a hand in there with a little finger missing, which is my hand from a a little injury that I had back in 93 on a table saw, so I kind of felt it was symbolic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you'll see things like that, and um, a lot of colors that kind of contrast with the sanded, um, um, distressed look of some of the images. So uh, view, uh, people <coughs> will see uh, old images and then these bright colors. Does that, is that a represent, representative of old New Britain and new New Britain? Well, you know, it could be. I'm glad you're reading that into it. Uh, like many artists, we don't like to just, you know, um, say that that was the original intent, that, you know, you can find your own message. Yep. Really, it was a, a more of a formal consideration where the bright colors would um, contrast with the, um, with the distressed parts of the painting. And that's very important for artists to have contrast in a picture or in a, in a painting. I also want to bring up the, the exhibit. You'll also see some... Um, scavenged um, factory windows from an old factory I used to have a studio in that when they were changing the windows I grabbed a bunch of them and uh, converted them into sculptures that um, contain laser cut images um, from from the city and from my my repertoire of, of forms. Would you say that New Britain is a, a good place for a creative minds? Are you seeing uh, the arts uh, fostered well today? That's, that's, yes, I do. I find that uh, there's a lot of artists, a lot of young artists. Uh, we have a lot of venues for art to be shown. Um, the Stockman Gallery, the Gallery 66, 
the uh, mayor's um, uh, art, art, city, art in the City and, of course, the Art League. And now, of course, the Art Museum, New Britain Museum of American Art, showing a local artist. It's, it's wonderful. And uh, there's also a lot of businesses that uh, cater to showing original art. Westside Tavern is now showing Bruce Blackman's work, and it was showing Mariah Gianola, two Art, art League members' work. Uh, have you seen a former student uh, at your exhibition? Yes, yes. You mean coming to the show? Yes. Well, there there is uh, four students came by and um, and they t- gave testimony to what a great art teacher I was. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yes, and, and and I'm getting a lot of good vibes from the staff that people are coming in and especially children who are there for the summer program are really reacting to all the work. Mm. So it makes me very happy. We just have under a minute left, Paul, but you know, what do you hope people will take away? Obviously, everyone has their own interpretation, uh, but what would you like them, what message would you like them to take away when they see your artwork? Well, the, uh, besides the fact that I'm a great artist, that, uh, that um, New Britain's a cool place, or was, had a, a glorious past and is uh, still on its feet, still kicking, still hard-hitting. Paul Baylock, again, uh, is an artist. Uh, His exhibition is on view at the New Britain Museum of American Art through October 21st. We have more information on our website, wmpr.org slash where we live. Paul, it's a pleasure to speak with you, and uh, thank you so much for uh, talking about New Britain. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you. Today's show produced by senior producer Lydia Brown. Special thanks to Katie Tolarski, Carmen Baskoff, Kion Wolf. And uh, we appreciate you, the listener. It's not quite the weekend, but we hope we got you ready for it. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Again, thanks for listening. <laughs>